my beloved disciples, the appointed hour is at hand. Let us descend to our lair where hell awaits. Welcome to the Northwest Metal Zone. Oh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Northwest Metal Zone. I am Chance, I am your host, and we kick things off with uh, Blood Hunger and a track called Flesh for the Beast. Uh, Blood Hunger is out of Tacoma, Washington. So how's everybody doing out there tonight? Uh, hope everyone has had a good week. I've had a really lousy week, so I'm, uh, I'm hoping that everyone else, everybody, I hope, had a much better week than I did since the last time we were together. Uh, we have a special guest here in the studio with us tonight. Uh, teased it a little bit last week, but we didn't mention anybody by name, so uh, I would like to welcome in Mr. Raymond Hayden from Maurice the Fish Records. Welcome, Raymond. Hey, Chance. How you doing, buddy? I'm, well, I'm doing better now that I'm here. I can play some aggressive music and, uh, <laughs> and feel a little better, but uh, I won't take my aggression out on you or we'll anything. We'll take but... it out on Wonder Boy. No, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, because he's mixing a he, later, Yeah, he? he controls everything. So, you know, Wonder Boy is, he's the man. No, hey, man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me in. I just wanted to make a note that Flesh for the Beast, that was my ex-wife and I's, um, that was our song. Really? Yeah. And wow. then when the divorce happened, Flesh, anyway, sorry. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There wasn't any flesh left. <laughs> sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bad week too, though, man. So it's good to be here. All it's right, here. so we need to both get our just. Beer. We need to we need to drink all of uh, Big D's beer. <laughs> <laughs> that is if Evan um, hasn't already hit it. No, <laughs> Evan, I don't. I don't think Evan has. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, the purpose of having Ray here today, as I mentioned, uh, and you can fill. In, why don't you right now, so I don't get it wrong? Why don't you fill in what your title and responsibilities are at Maurice the Fish, so we just get that laid out. Yeah, sure, man. No, and, and again, thanks for having me in. Um, I basically am, I was originally the CEO of Morrissey Fish Records. I started it um, about four years ago. Um, and uh, now I'm a co-owner, basically Susan Renville, who I'm sure you see out there yep, a lot. Yep. Um, Susan and I both own it. But if I back up a little bit, <clears throat> when Morrissey Fish Records first started, you know, four years ago, um, I basically was getting frustrated with the scene. Uh, it was hard to get into clubs, you know, what's new, right? And I've I got a, a good friend of mine, Daniel Egno, who's one of the artists on our label now. Mm-hmm. Has been good friends of mine since 1992. Got together with her, and after seven hours of drinking beer in Gig Harbor, <laughs> seriously, um, she, you know, I got the the balls to do it. And I called up my friend Kent, said, "Hey, starting a record label. It's called Morris Fish Records. I need a website in two weeks." And started thinking <laughs> about the literally started thinking about the artists that I wanted to have on it, like Rick Beatty, who you know gets played on this you know on NWCZ all the time. Yep. Um, uh, Daniel Agnew and, you know, a myriad of different people, Heidi Vladica, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, when the label first started, I started out as a conventional record label. You know, we, I had tons of extra money and we basically, any artist that was signed on the label, we'd sign them and we'd pay to have the album duplicated, um, press it, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we'd, we'd paid for, you know, the posters, we paid for everything. And then we took a percentage of what the artist made, you know, basically sure. that's a simplification of it. But, mm-hmm. but what happened was a, a couple of years after, um, I got really sick about a year and a half ago. And, uh, that when I kind of came on the other, the other side of being sick, mm-hmm. um, I, I looked, I said, well, my pocketbook is nowhere near as good <laughs> as it was before. I can't afford to put out th- literally, um, 30 grand, you know, for a year, for a couple of years. Um, and I looked at it and I said, wait a minute. Well, the music scene has really changed over the last couple of years, which everyone, you know, yourself included, um, obviously Wonder Boys are familiar with. And I thought, okay, there's no way that a, the, a conventional record label, independent record label is going to be able to sustain itself. So I came up with the idea of 
having a record label that is unconventional. And basically, that's what Maurice Fish Records is, is it's an unconventional record label who is run by Susan Renville and myself, our PR director, Dee Marino, who's here locally. We have a satellite office in, in um, uh, L.A., Sheena Metal, who has an L.A. talk radio program, just like okay. yourself. And, um, and then Big Mike, of course, he's part of our staff. <clears throat> but what our philosophy is as a, as a label is basically, it's almost like a co-op. You could almost call it Morris Fish Co-op, but it's actually more. It is we actually look at it as just a different type of a record label. Where if we sign you to the record label, basically we every resource that we have available to us, whether it's money, whether it's designers, studios, you know, our press contacts, our venue contacts, our you know, our endorsements with um, with Sure, with um, the Tacoma Rainiers, you name it, you get access to all that, and okay. then subsequently we also get access to your resources. So having like-minded artists, the pool keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so what you end up having is a record label that supports its artists, helps them gain visibility, but doesn't ever reach into their pockets. You know, we, we don't take a penny. The only time we take money is if we book like a, a showcase at the Swiss or Jazz Bones or Lou Jews or whatever. We'll take a small portion of that um, to put into our coffers just to sustain the label. Sure. Okay. So that's... Uh do you think that uh, you mentioned that's unconventional? Do you think that is uh, so unconventional now, or do you think that more labels are moving in that direction, or have you have you actually seen more labels moving in that direction? Or you know, I haven't, um, and I don't know why they haven't. Because I mean, I understand that you know people want to make money, but the real the reality is, like we talked about before we got on air, is the the old way of making success being successful was um, getting signed. Yeah, and that's not really most bands you talk to i don't care what the genre is most bands you talk to now don't even that's not the goal anymore because it's such a diy thing so you know you know some of the labels that we partner with here locally sweatbox entertainment you know Mm hip-hop label you know sean and gabe from setless management um uh, mary malone with our with hourglass records who has the fun police um those are all network friends of ours and they're not like us they are they're they're I don't want to say they're conventional because that almost I don't want to put them in that corner. Sure, they're doing some very unconventional things, which are very sweet. I mean, that's why we work together. Very innovative, but they're taking percentage of their artists what they're doing, um, but they're also contributing a lot too. So, you know, I think that people are looking to get outside the box and change things up. But I haven't heard of anyone doing what we're doing. Okay, so, um, so the purpose, I guess, we should talk about the purpose of why you're here today. Um, I talk to a lot of bands, and uh, whether it's our formal interviews or just hanging out with them at a show or, you know, I see their Facebook posts. I have friends in bands, uh, and a lot of people have the idea that getting signed is, I mean, that's it. You know, that's, we're set. Once we get signed, that's it. And, but then you also hear a lot of the horror stories, and I, and I even have friends in bands that say, there's no way we're ever going to sign. We're always going to do it ourselves. So maybe we can kind of develop those themes as the show goes on tonight and talk about those things in a little more detail about, you know, hey, who's right or is there a right and wrong? And <laughs> is there a, you know, uh, so, uh, and I should mention as well, uh, we need to, we're going to wrap this segment up in a minute or here and uh, get back to some music, but uh, I should mention as well, Maurice the Fish is not a metal label, so that's, that wasn't the reason that <laughs> right, I had right. you on, but uh, just the idea, the thought that I had is that most labels are similar, sure. you know, the roster of artists and the type of music they play differentiates, uh, and especially with smaller labels, it's probably easier for them to, you know, have a lot of similar artists together, I would guess. Sure, and we're not opposed to having a metal band. 
we can get into that more later, but we, we want to have different genres within our group. Sure. So. But uh, just so everyone out there listening knows for sure that uh, Maurice the Fish is not a metal label, so your <laughs> Facebook page doesn't suddenly blow up with a, a thousand different bands. Uh, hey, check us out, Ray. <laughs> we are flesh of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into a little music, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk a little. We have a lot of time to talk tonight. So we're going to kick off this next set with a band out of Seattle, some friends of mine called Thou Shall Kill. And uh, the track is called The Eternal Battle Grand Finale. Yeah. 
from Red Queen Theory and you're listening to the Northwest Metal Zone.
just heard a band out of Vancouver, British Columbia called Auroch and a track called Osiris. Uh, then we, in the middle of the set there, a band out of Sacramento. So yeah, they're not from the Northwest. They are doing a show up here in about a month. So I wanted to throw out some tunes for you to listen to. Uh, that So the band is called Divination of the Damned and the track is called Into the in- Endless Peril of Torment and Suffering. That title is almost as long as that song. Uh, and then, uh, and then we started things off with "Thou Shall Kill" the Eternal Battle Grand Finale. So let's talk about some shows. And last week I mentioned the show calendar was getting a little light, and uh, you all responded. We're back to almost two full pages of show calendar here. So let's uh, just keep the submissions coming. And as I've always said, if you put it up on the NW Metal Zone Facebook page, we'll mention it on the air here. So let's get started. Coming up this Friday on August the twelfth at Studio Seven in Seattle. We have Throw Back the Rope, Torn, and Unearth the Dead. The show starts at 7. Tickets are $10 in advance or $12 at the door, and that is an all-ages show. Also that same night, Friday, August 12th, at the Hawthorne Theater in Portland. Big show here, uh, Regiment 26, Ninja, Way of the Yeti, Odios Being, Airpocalypse, Von Doom, Titarius, Authoris, and Kingdom Under Fire. And since that's such a big show, it starts at 4 in the afternoon. Uh, it, that also is $10 in advance or $12 at the door. That is an all-ages show. Then the next night, Saturday, August the 13th, at the Charleston Theater in Bremerton, this is the Northwest Metal Zone presents the Metal Civil War. So we have our friends Jack Havoc and Northern Bastard representing the North and Burn the Harbor and the Walrus Effect representing the South. Everybody show up. I'm going to be there be emceeing and hosting the show and introducing all the bands from the stage. Uh, we'll have some NWCZ swag and Metal Zone swag for you there. So everyone show up for that. That is, again, Saturday, August the 13th in Bremerton at the Charleston. Show starts at 8. It's a $5 cover, and that is all ages. Uh, then we go to Monday, August the 15th. It's a Metal Monday at the 2-Bit Saloon in Ballard. Uh, the bands are tons of fun. Makina Mageddon. Forge of War and Metal Mark. As always, those shows start at 9, $5 cover, and 21 and over. Uh, then Wednesday, August the 17th, at the Mercury in Seattle, 
Burn presents Strega Pathogens and Guests. That is a 9 o'clock start, $4 cover, 21 and over. Also the same night, Wednesday, August the 17th, at the Galway Arms in Seattle, we have Orm, Bellwitch, Crone, and Crawlin. That show starts at 8.30, and it is a $5 cover, 21 and over. Friday, August the 19th, at the Midnight Sun in Olympia. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have An Honest Suffering, Thief River Falls, This Is Treason, Tataris, and No Living Witness. Show starts at 8. It's a $5 cover, and that is All Ages. Then we move on to Saturday, August the 20th at Studio 7 in Seattle. This is a great show for uh, all a lot of uh, local metal bands. Uh, we have Gravenlock, Drawn and Quartered, uh, and one of the bands dropped off, so just added is Sacrament of Impurity. Uh, we also have Death in the Family, Bale Barreth, and Chemical Castration. Uh, the show starts at 7. It's $8 in advance, $10 at the Monday at the 2-Bit Saloon in Ballard. The bands are the purpose being Atisa, Goat Castle, and Onset the Shores. Show starts at 9. It's a $5 cover and 21 and over. Thursday, August the 25th at Club Motor in Seattle. As we've mentioned before, this is one of the last shows at Club Motor. They have had a real fun time, sarcasm inserted, uh, dealing with the folks in Seattle and trying to run a club there in Seattle. So they finally threw in the towel. Uh, and as I've said before, I'm not sure this is their last show, but it's one of their last shows. And uh, you can they have a they have a good blog online. You can search it if you uh, look for Club Motor. You can find the blog, and they detail all of their experiences with the city of Seattle. Uh, but the bands are Dismember, Deny Your Deceiver, DA27, and Bury the Children. That show starts at eight. Cover is ten dollars for guys, five dollars for women, uh, and that is an all ages show. Uh, then Saturday, August the 27th at the Comet Tavern in Seattle, we have Miko Denoche, Serial Hawk, Samothrace, and He Whose Ox is Gourd. And I did not find any information about time or cover. I know it's a tavern, so it is 21 and over. And then the last show for August, uh, Monday, August the 29th, it's another Metal Monday at the 2-Bit Saloon. Uh, Royalty and Ruins, Thou Shall Kill, Sword Fight, and Shidu. Uh, show as always starts at nine five dollar cover 21 and over so there you have it the show calendar for this week it's a lot of great shows yeah there are some really good shows in there i feel like i just got done watching a harry, a harry potter movie though <laughs> with, all, with all those band names he whose ox is gourd i'm not making fun of them they just he get, who shall not be named he, yeah, yeah the, the, that's one thing about metal bands you, you just gotta love there's no holding back yeah, you know they just. I, I, lo I love that man. No yeah. censorship. It's cool. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite new band name. He whose ox is gourd. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Yeah, it's. They cool just name. got three mentions in the last three minutes. So. There you go. There it's you a go, cool, guys. It's a cool name. And though. by the way, you guys have never sent me any music, so we'd be happy to play your music on the show as well if you send it in. Wow. And you're listening. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Boy, that was totally unprompted. It just kind of came up, and, and you, you haven't heard. So you haven't even heard these guys. I, I've before. heard their music, but I, you know, they've they've got stuff online that you can, you know, you know, stream online and listen to. But I haven't. I've and I've actually contacted them and asked them for. Huh. Didn't mean to call you guys out, but you know. Hey, they love being called out. They're they're me they're metalheads, man. That's what they that's what they do. All right, so Ray. Yeah. Not only are you a, a label uh, co-owner at this time, but you've had a, a history and a career in music. So why don't you take a couple minutes and uh, tell us just all the fun things that you've done in music over the years? Okay, now wait a minute. Do you want to know the history or do you want to know the fun things? 
Oh. Because the fun things have to do with things that happen. Never mind. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This isn't a kid's show. No, this isn't a kid's show. Oh, I could tell you about the women and the crazy. You could. Yeah. That would be a whole different no. show. I won't, I won't tell you about it. Is, it. is it as good as like the Motley Crue book? Uh, Dirt? Yeah. Uh, no. Probably oh, okay. as good as the Heroin Diaries, though. Oh, okay. Well, you know, there's some good stuff then. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm, just your... How about your history? How about my history? There you go. You know, that's, the, the, there's all these topics because Dirt is a whole other topic. <laughs> yes, yes. I read that book twice. <laughs> Cover to cover, yeah. both ways. Okay, so no, hey, um, yeah, you know, that's like we, you know, we talked earlier. That's one of the reasons I started record labels because I'm an artist. And you know, if I were to give you the nutshell, is um, I can't remember when I wasn't an artist. I think most people around town just look at me as that guy that the fish. That's what I get called. Right. You know, the guy who has the kingfish. The kingfish. Yeah, I'm not sure who gave me that title, but um, the I was just talking to Jeff Hamill of Sweet Kiss the other day. It's like you know, I I don't want to be known as that person. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but I'm an artist just like everybody right. else. And and when I was nine, um, I I knew I wanted to be a drummer, um, right. and I I ended up playing cymbals and drum and bugle corps. And so like I said, at nine I was on tour buses going wow. to Canada country. Um, ended up going from cymbals or cymbals to bells. Joking around one time, I put grabbed someone's horn and started playing on it. And it just, I had a natural embouchure for the trumpet. And then su- subsequently, I started playing trumpet. Um, d- played trumpet, French horn, you name it. Had my own jazz band. Played in every kind of band you can think of. Toured all the, up till I was 16, on you know, c- across the country. And then took a bit of a break. When I joined the Army, um, I was at, I, I met this guy at a place right outside the barracks. His name was James Rocket Rose, and everyone knew him because <laughs> he was this guitar player that always played Panama. I mean, that was his thing. <laughs> Panama! Yeah. And had the cool horns. But uh, we, we, he said, hey, I'm a musician. I'm a musician. So we went down, and I rented a trumpet, and he had his guitar and had a you know, Marshall stack set up, and that didn't work so well. Yeah, so it was guitar and trumpet. Guitar and trumpet. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that combination. Before. You don't want to. <laughs> you know, it was pretty bad. So we laughed, laughing, and had you know just saw the humor in it. As we were leaving the music center, I saw a Polaroid. For those of you out there who don't know what a Polaroid <laughs> is, it's a camera that used to take a shot and it instantly give you a picture. But um, anyway, and it's, a guy was selling a Roland Juno 106 keyboard, and you know what? I jokingly said, ah, screw it, I got three and a half years left in the Army, I might as well learn how to play keys and be in a rock band. Well, fast forwarding, I ended up meeting a guy named Mike Hine, who's my mentor and friend to this day. He played keys with Joe Cocker, Shaka Khan, his last gig was with Quiet Riot. He was the keyboard player behind the scene. Nice. Um, that's my mentor on keys. We, and like I said, we're still friends to this day. Gave me a few lessons. First band I was ever in was Ambition. And I'm not going to list every band. but as So I started playing keys in a progressive rock band. Um, and we were doing everything from Boston to Kansas to Toto to Yes to Rush to you name it. And then just that after touring in Europe with that band and the East Coast, came back to the West Coast and started my own band then played with a couple of the bands. Probably over the last 20 years, I've played keyboards and sang either lead or backing in probably about six or seven different bands. Okay. Probably the most notable one was back in the 90s, <clears throat> the band called Bad Flowers. Um, the lead singer, Valerie Dillon, was the lead singer for a band called The 100th Monkey, which um, was being supported and almost co-produced by Chris DeGarmo of Queensryche. Okay. And so we got to meet him for ba- went fast-forwarding to Bad Flowers when we had Bad Flowers had our CD release party and and all that he kind of helped us out with a few little you know logistical details but he came to the cd release party so we got to meet him and um since then you know i mean just playing in different bands you know how it is bands get together right have falling outs and um so 
played in probably six different bands over the course of you know, the last you know 25 years. Um, I've probably played on about 20 albums. Um, you know everything from uh, my own albums. I have two two solo albums: "The Doorway Through Your Tears" and "September Sky" on iTunes. Okay. And then um, I played you know some local guys like um, Setless Management has a group on there called U Two Seventy Seven, and their lead singer Stephen Miner had some solo albums, and he asked me to play keys on some okay. of those. And yeah, just just out there doing that for the last you know couple decades, and um, and now I'm in a band called The Jupiter Order, and we're an original group, uh, five piece. We do music that's similar to like Super Tramp, Chicago, Pink Floyd. Uh, maybe a tiny That's bit of cold. Quite play. a combination. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and also, um, he who's ox is gourd. Ox is gourd. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I, I am going to check them guys out. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a mouthful. But you know, basically, since I was nine, I'm 44 now. Um, I've done nothing but music. I, I mean, I, yeah, I have a day job and I went to college and the army and stuff. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I just I wake up, and go to sleep. That's what I think about. Cool. Yeah. Wonder Boy's back there flashing gang signs at me, so I don't know if I'm in trouble or not. But is he pulling his nine out? I hope not. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to talk about that so people know that you're not just some some guy that just wandered in off the street and thought, "Hey, let's start a record label," you know. So, yeah. so Ray, and currently, and you're still playing as you mentioned currently. Yeah, absolutely. And, and... All right. Well. Now that we know a little bit about Maurice the Fish, and now that we know a little more about Ray personally, uh, we're going to play another set of music here, and then we're going to come back and dive into a little more detail on some of the things that we wanted to talk about. So we're going to kick off this uh, next set with a band out of Portland. Uh, This is actually, I don't think this album comes out until the end of August here. I got a promotional copy. This I love this band. I love this album. When you can get your hands on it, do so. The band is called Atriarch. And the song is called Plague.
I'm Dragonus Khan. I'm Freak Baseman. And we are Thou Shall Kill. And right now you're listening to Northwest Metal Zone. Oh! 
Okay, we wrapped up that set with a band called Unearth the Dead and a song called Halo of Blood. Uh, they are from Washington. They didn't. Uh, I couldn't find a specific city they're from, but they are from Washington. Uh, in the middle of the set there, we had a band out of Centralia, Washington, called Blood to Dust, and the track is called Keep Us Blind. And then, as I mentioned, we kicked off the set with Atriarch out of Portland and a track called Plague. So that's uh, some very... Uh, I believe the exact style. I you know I don't uh, get into all the metal subgenres. I just if it's good, I listen to it. If it's not, I don't. And but I believe if you're into all that, that's uh, it's that is what you would call a funeral doom track. <laughs> yeah, that's so. a that's what music's all about, man. I mean, if, if, if it sounds good, you know, listen to. It. I have I have a, a gal friend of mine who lives in Vancouver, um, Stephanie. She's got a thing on her Facebook that says, "If it feels good, do it." If life yep. was only that simple, but but it's the same thing. If it sounds good, listen to it. That's I mean, yeah. how I am. If you looked at my iPod, it's all over the place. But uh. yeah, it's it's um it's it's coming uh, very clear. There's a the Pacific Northwest is rich in metal bands. Yes, I heard. I mean, I think I was talking. I was either talking to Justin from Big Wheel or um, Jeff from from Sweet Kiss about um, South by Southwest, and they said every single metal band that was there. Was from Seattle. Oh, nice. And so, um, yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, you know, we've been doing the show here for, well, this is this is our 16th show, so four months now. Sweet. Uh, I already have music from over 100 bands. Oh, my God. So, it's, yeah, it's just, and I get more and more new music every week. So, it's, it's very cool, and bands keep sending that music in. We appreciate it. You know that we'll play whatever you send us. We'll get it on the air. You'll get played at least once, and then, <laughs> depending on what people think of it, you know, then we'll go from there, but... Uh, that's a competitive market, man. That's that's right, but we'll play you at least once. Um, so let's get into our topic, the overall topic of record labels. Um, what is What can a band, or what should a band, I guess that's the, the right way to phrase the question, when a band is talking to a label... Um, First of all, as as best as you know, you know, there's there's smaller labels, there's mid-sized labels, and then there's the what is it, the three monster labels <laughs> now that dominate <laughs> the world. The monarchs. <laughs> so if a band is talking to a, a label, what is it? I mean, what are the what are the things that they can expect or what is the things that they should reasonably be looking for? I mean, and and I'll I'll preface this with a story that I heard. I won't name the band, but a band talking to a a fairly small and fairly new label, but they were expecting things like a nice advance up front and, a, you know, hey, give us some money to go in and record. And by the way, we want some tour support too. And, and I heard that and I thought, wow, that's uh, somebody that's not really... <laughs> this, isn't, a- this isn't Warner Brothers Records in the early 80s. You know, this is... Uh, well, they don't have their thumb on the pulse, and 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 that's not, that's not to knock those bands, or whatever. But I mean, I think that it's really cool. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm honored to be on your show. I love the Metal Zone, but I think that you're doing your listeners a huge service, you know, a huge favor because, you know, reality sucks sometimes. But the reality is, is where the industry is now. I mean, and, and that's a mouthful of questions, by the way, which right, I'm going right. to do my best to an- <laughs> answer very succinctly. But um. The record industry where it is right now, and I'm by no stretch in you know, imagination an expert, but I think that the expectation of getting signed is nowhere near what it was, you know, two three years ago. I think that bands need to realize um, if we break it down to two things. Number one, expectations. Um, if you think of why somebody would go to one of your shows. You have to think the same way. Why would a record label label sign you? 
Now, okay. why you go to someone's show is, you know, someone, they've heard your name um, because you've got visibility. Um, they know other people who have heard of you, so they're going to go to that show. And when they go to that show, they're either going to like it or not, but then they're going to have an opportunity to buy CDs and merchandise and whatever. And a record label is going to look at a band the same way. Why would we sign that band? And they break it backwards because they have visibility. They're not just going to sign you because you have a great album. They're going right. to sign you, and let's don't, I mean, granted, there are exceptions, you know, people know with people within the industry, you're not going to get signed just because you're a good band. You've got to be more than that. You've got to, you've got to bring a show. I mean, when you show up, you can't just get up there and play your set. You need to think about that show, where the songs are placed. You need to think about why the audience is there and feed into their needs in entertainment, mm -hmm. which has changed over the last couple of years because sure. there's so much more availability of bands because of technology and MP3s and all this stuff. Um, but um, getting that's what labels are looking for is visibility. I mean, if you don't have, you know, 5,000, you know, friends on your Facebook, whatever, or they're not going to look at you. If you don't have a, you know, YouTube video with a somewhat God, hundred thousand hits, you know, they're looking for visibility. And with that being said is, is what an artist can expect from a record label is, um, the independent record labels, some of the medium sized ones with they're, they're basically going to help provide some visibility to you they're going to help you fund your album they're probably not going to be in any advances and they will give some tour support but they're going to be taking a percentage of everything you do right you know and if they do anything up front if there's recording costs that's a lot of things bands don't realize is if there's any a lot, a lot do but a lot don't is if there's anything that's paid up front studio costs um posters um tour support all that that comes out of <laughs> you're not just getting that you're not just right. like oh we love you guys you're a great band you're going to get that no it's coming out of your CD sales it's coming out of right. your merch sales so you, you become a salesperson you've got to push that push up push and it's very hard you're you know a lot of bands are touring out of the back of their vans and you know etc um, uh, if you if you do get signed with a major label um, yeah there are some of these deals still happening yeah there are advances yeah there are different things that happen like that and there are bigger distribution or whatever but quite frankly this is just my opinion is um, if, if a, any band whether it's a metal zone fan whether it's a singer songwriter fan whether it's a you know enter the you know the, the rock whatever genre i don't right. care whether you're barry manilow is the industry is now diy do it yourself mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities out there with reverb nation with places like pledge music which you can go on there and have your fans help you fund your support yep. do whatever there's so many opportunities and so many resources out there the bands do have to work harder but the advantage to that is is they're not getting a deal like what happened to the Goo Goo Dolls you know back you know years ago where you sell a million two million ten million albums and you know, you're getting 40 cents an album. And by the time your tour's done everything, you're still, you don't have any money. Yeah. You know, so um, I think what bands, I think bands need to realize that and grasp a hold of the simple fact of, listen, the music industry has changed. The goal should not be getting signed. If that happens, if something happens and you get snatched up, great. But in the meantime, think about your audiences. Think about what you can bring your audiences at shows. Um, what you can do differently, what kind of different merchandise you can bring them, mm -hmm. whatever, and tour. Get out and play. Yep. You know, network with bands in Portland, network with bands in Idaho, California, Canada, whatever. Get out there and do it. And then and, and, and then sign with a small record label who's going to help you support that. You're going to have a family, which is more than a lot of people have. That's a great thing. But then at the end of the day, you know, maybe by doing all that, maybe a major record label will recognize you. Yeah. And if that happens, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but... The thing is, is the other side of that too, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, right, but the other right. side is, is, is 
yes, if you sign with one of these big labels, there's the money advance, and there's this, and there's that, and those are all great things. But then, as an artist, you almost get you know pigeonholed because mm-hmm. they're going to tell you what songs you're going to release. They're going to tell you which arrangements you're going to use. They're, they're, they'll, if they want to shelf the album, they will. If they yep. want to put it out, they will. And so I personally think, um, I hope all this is making sense on a Saturday, you know, on a early. It, it, it sounds it sounds like it's making sense, yeah. But it, um, at the end of the day, um, you've got independent labels who are willing to help, you know, bands on the way up, and you have some you know, bands in the middle who, like, you know, maybe, well, Sub Pop probably thinks they're, uh, Geffen or a Sony or whatever, but they're they're not. <laughs> right, I mean, right. their 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 name is out there because you know because of Nirvana, and uh, quite frankly, you know myself and other labels, we've tried to reach out to them and say, hey, we'd love to be a farm label for you, mm-hmm. and we don't even get the you know sorry, but they don't even call us back. Not yeah. even like a no, thank you for you know they're too big for their britches, and so you know labels like that are who knows what they're doing, but um, independent labels, artists, you know what if if you don't have your own vanity label. Find a network like Maurice of Fish Records or create one. You know, maybe, maybe I don't know if there's, if there's anything like us out there for the metal world, but if there isn't, talking to those bands in Seattle, um, create one. You know, call it Oxblood or something like this, records, and get like-minded artists in there. Build your own network. You don't need a label. Right. And every penny that goes in, that you put in, you're going to get out. So Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I think you did a wonderful job of answering all of that. So that I know, I know, I threw a lot at you, and, and, oh, and it's an I interesting think, topic. I think, yeah, and, and obviously, you know, we're not going to do it justice in you know ten or twelve minutes. But just, uh, just again, because you've got the experience, I wanted to draw upon that, and you know, just have your perspective. And obviously, some of these things are just your experience and things as you've seen. But uh, I also think that you're knowledgeable enough that uh, you know you're going to be able to give a straight answer. So, well, do, do you mind if I just in- Say some one thing. Do we have time, Wonder Boy. We do. Okay. Um, th- this is going to sound <clears throat> and 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 God knows, man. I hope no one out there is going. God, this guy. Who the hell is he? The <laughs> no, man. I'm just. I'm just. I'm a regular schmo like everybody else. But I've after being sick and coming out of that, I realized that you know what, you can waste a lot of time by not being real. And reality is great, man. Yep. Uh, my grandmother taught me told me something years and years ago that has nothing to do with the music industry. It has to do with life. And she said, it's how you deal with adversity yep. that defines you now trust me um there's times i snap at people i do whatever but overall when the shit hits the fan it's how do you react i look at the music industry the same way there's a lot of people out there who could say oh these labels i can't believe they don't call me back i send my cds to them they don't even give me the dignitary of, of whatever you know instead of getting upset think how you know think about how you can be innovative because when times are tough like this the opportunity's there i mean my yep. phone i'm going to tell you right now my phone is ringing off the hook every single day and i'm not exaggerating if it's not dave hannon calling or jazz bones needing a slot filled the opportunities are out there yep. you get out there make yourself known think outside the box partner up with the other people who are like minded and who want to make something happen screw the major record labels all they're going to do is take money out of your pockets right. and and do whatever and you know in the meantime be the be in control of your own destiny man it's yeah and i and i think for the most part a lot of bands are doing that and I just wanted to bring this topic up because it seems to me sometimes that the thought is well we'll do it ourselves right now but man it sure would be nice to be on that label so 
It I would think, be. I think you've dispelled that myth a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to play some more music here. Uh, this is a band out of Dallas, Oregon. This is a band that uh, I really enjoy, and I was able to actually track down some additional music from them in the past week. So I wanted to uh, roll that out for you. This is, uh, again, Dusk's Embrace out of Dallas, Oregon, and the track is called As Vestiges Pale. Yeah. 
seductress become my obsession And will she finally let me in well, I paid the price for the ultimate We are back. That was a band out of Boise called Black Tooth Grin and a track called Unholy. In the middle of the set there, we had a track from Sword of Judgment called Consumed by Darkness, and they are out of Tacoma. And then kicking off the set, we had Dusk's Embrace with As Vestiges Pale. <laughs> Sorry, man. Ray's having a good time with these band names I and am. song titles. and I am, man. And I got it. Guys, gals out there in, in these metal bands, man, seriously, I'm not... I'm not making fun. I just love, you know, in rock bands, rock bands need to take a little bit of uh, the lead, or to, what's the word I'm looking for? Need to follow the lead. Follow the lead, yeah, of the metal bands. Because you know what? I'm sorry that we're talking about, you know, about the, uh, giving the audience what they need. You know, audience needs humor. And the, some of these bands like Black Tooth Grin, okay. I don't know what kind of music could do, whatever. But when I hear that name, there's certain. Sometimes there's something about a name that would draw me to go see a band. Right. And um, that when you said that, I mean, the first thing I thought was, you know, really, really bad story of a someone, some gal that I befriended when I was <laughs> in, on the road in Europe, you know, as a musician. 
Um, but um, anyway, sorry. Anyway, yes. yeah. Great names. <laughs> so uh, we're going to kind of just follow on with the, the topic we were discussing in the last segment there because uh, Ray has some more thoughts about that, and I didn't give him a whole lot of time to answer it. As, Damn, I got the hook. <laughs> the big said. bad record labels. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's just kind of pick up where we left off, and you had some thoughts about how maybe the record label structure is similar to the structure in baseball. Yeah, no, and I'm gonna. I'm also gonna apologize because I was thinking after um, we did that last segment and we got done listening to the, those those bands, um, I was thinking, okay, I think I, I think I said screw those giant record labels in the last segment. <laughs> but I get to see it now. There's some guy in you know in Warner Brothers, you know, um, that's going okay. He's on the '86 blacklist. Yeah. He'll never get signed. You know, I just want to clarify. It's when I say screw the black or screw the the black tooth grin no no sorry <laughs> screw the blo- screw the record labels um it's not it, it's almost kind of jesting because of course it would be great to get signed by one of these great big labels who have you know can get you on conan get you distributed and all these brick and mortar if whatever's out there still with block you know with um you know best buy etc but it's in jest because you know um we need we, we have the opportunity with technology and everything out there to take take the onus on ourself and have some fun with it. You know, I mean, you can do, um, I was talking to, uh, and I'll get to the metaphor about baseball in a second. Sure. Last night we went out and saw, um, uh, staying by a killer at the Harmon tap room. And, and uh, afterwards we all went out and hung out and just spent some time together. We were talking about just goofy stuff. And, and Annie was talking about how she, uh, started working out recently. And I joked around. I said, Ooh, trained by a killer you know just kind of making fun of the names and she went hey that's kind of cool and we started talking about going you know that might kind of be a kind of a cool thing to put on your facebook or reverb nation or your website because people want to know more about the artists or whatever right but, right. but uh but with technology um i guess ultimately and i'll start blabbing here is us bands we have so many more opportunities to share what we do with the world and whatever we put into it is what we get out of it and it's a great yep. thing and then we can put all the money no um so yeah, when we took a break, I was thinking, you know, record labels of today, I think they've always been this way, but I think it's even more so, especially with the pay structure, um, but is, is almost like the baseball system. You know, you have the you know, single A and double A and triple A, and then, yep. you, and then like you said, you go to the show. Okay. Um, like if Big Mike was here, he'd love saying that, the show. He likes <laughs> he's got the right voice for it, he, too. He's got the big monster truck. Thing. I know. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, because, you know, when you as you're coming up, you know, yeah, you know, bands don't get pulled out and sent to a different team, but you're building up, you're going through the ranks, you know. You know, you start out playing gigs at, um, as bands, you know, opening up for other bands. And, and then you start doing that more and you start getting bigger audiences. And then all, then you go to the next tier once the clubs start calling you directly to have your shows. And you get to pull other bands to come in underneath you. Yep. And you keep going up and up and up. It's like a farm team kind of deal. And then if you go to the show, which would be, let's say, Warner Brothers, you know, Sony, whatever, that's going to the show, like the Mariners or the, you know, um, Texas Rangers, whatever. Um, then, you know, you go, I mean, the, the, the pay goes, it's drastic. Yeah. Just like the music industry, because most musicians out there who are working full-time music, um, I, the majority ones I know, you know, make somewhere, don't make a ton, 25, 35,000, yeah. you know, um, and there's some that do less and some that do a lot more, but, um, it's the same thing with baseball because farm team baseball, <laughs> you're making about, I mean, I, and we're we're sponsored by the Tacoma Rainiers, and and I know a couple of the Rainiers, and they're making, you know, twenty five, thirty, you know, thousand um, dollars, you know, living in host family houses, yep. and and but when you go to from 
the Rainiers to the Mariner, the statutory <laughs> rate is you go from $25,000 a year to $330,000 right. a year, and they prorate that over games. How right, you're plus the fat per diems and the, oh, yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but, the, <laughs> but so it, are you, what do you think? I mean, do you think that's a good analogy as far as oh, yeah. know, baseball? I, and, I think so, and I think it works not only as you're working your way up, but it's probably, you know, the hierarchy of record labels as well. I mean, it works on, a, yeah, that's that's a very good analogy, Ray. Yes. I, I like that. I thought of that my own. Wow, Congratulations. Round of applause for Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know, and I was thinking, uh, there's there's a band I don't know if you're familiar with them called Mastodon. Oh God, yeah, they played at uh, Louis G's. Really? I think so. Oh, you know what? That's Amadon. Never mind. Amadon. No, no, not Amadon. Mastodon. Mastodon. But I've heard of Mastodon. Yeah. So they, you know, and they are one of the, I think one of the rare metal bands that's actually been able to make the leap. They've worked their way all the way up from the ground floor and they're with Warner Brothers now and they're making it work with Warner Brothers, but I'm sure they're working their butts off, you know. You know, yeah, being on that big label is great, and you're probably getting that tour support and all that other stuff. But I mean, you just gotta, you've really got to work to make sure that you're making some money at that. As it, well. it, it is work, um, Chance. I mean, I'll tell you what, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. All that partying last night. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> oh. No, um, so you, one word, work. You know what? And, um, I think a lot of musicians, um, you know, I think I know, I, I don't think I know at one time I looked at it this way. Well, I'm going to be a musician, the ladies, the partying, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have people setting PA up for me and, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, the reality of it is music and, and even now with the DIY thing, it, it is tough. It is work. And if you don't love it, it is not for you because yeah. the, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a misnomer. The higher you go up, it's supposed to get easier. Well, certain things do, you know, because at the ground level, I, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, I cannot tell you how many PA systems I've set up, and not just the little Mackies, I mean, major PA systems, then you play for four hours, then you tear it down at the end of the night and get in a van and go, you know, your hotel and go do it again. You know, a lot of bands out there are shaking their head in the greens right now going, yep. oh yeah, it's paying your dues. It's a lot of work. That's just the technical part of it. There's Then there's the getting along with the promoters and getting along with the sound man and getting and, and spending time with your fans and in writing and not letting your egos get away in the way of things and, and, and networking with other bands. I mean, it is work, 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 work. And it's, people say, you know, it's not corporate, but it is, it's exactly like the corporate world in that you need to have relationships. You need to have a foundation. You need to brand. You need to have a brand. Like you yep. said, Mastodon, I guarantee you the reason, one of the things that got them up to the level of Warner brothers is because they had a, an established brand or Warner brothers wouldn't even looked at them because yep. the record labels now in the old days, record labels would take artists and then they would develop them. Right now, they want the artists to have already been yeah, done. Yeah, you that. develop yourselves, yep. then we'll absolutely. And, and 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 great. The music scene has changed. The market's changed. That's a great thing. But um, the thing is, is okay. In Mastodon, I, I I do I have heard of them and heard them. Um, they get to Warner Brothers, and yeah, maybe they're playing on stages. And even before that, there's a lot of bands who get to the point where they show up to the Gorge or show up to the White River, or whatever, on these Warp tours, whatever. And they're setting up their, you know, their backline gear, but the frontline, the monitors, everything is set up for them. They got people bringing them water, doing their monitors, all that stuff. That's great. They don't have to carry this stuff. So as you go up and, you know, some of that stuff is taken away from you. And so it makes it a little bit easier on that front, but it gets harder in other ways because if you have a hit album, great. 
wonderful. Live it, love it, but guess what? The next album better be better. <laughs> yeah, now go do it again. Yeah, go, go do, do it, it again and be better. Do it again and be better. And that is not an easy thing. You know, whether you like U2 or The Stones or... or um, or Aerosmith or some of those classic rock bands or not, those guys are still out touring. And it's mm-hmm. because they've worked. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, I get passionate about this, but I mean, it does, I mean, yeah, you go to a record label and yeah, maybe some things will happen. You don't have to drive yourself. You're in a limo and things are handed, but you're doing more interviews. You're doing right. more, you know, you're doing more writing sessions. You know, you're doing, you're expected to do, I mean, it's nonstop. And so it, it you know, the, back to that word is work. You know, I mean, it's if you want to get if you want to get their work and, and, and why work for somebody else's benefit money wise? You know, you could do we can do what all these major record labels do now. Yeah, a lot of bands can do and a lot of bands are doing it themselves. You know, the ones that are really, as you said, passionate about it yeah. and they're, you know, they're in it, for, you know, for the love of the music. They, you know, they know what they're doing. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a mouthful. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna pause here. Uh, we have another full set of music for you, but we are getting near the end here. Uh, we're gonna br- start off this next set with a band. This is uh, by request for Stacy, and actually, this is kind of a running joke that's been going on the whole time. The Metal Zone, because uh, Stacy's on the Northwest Metal Zone Facebook page, and every week she has a request for this band. And obviously, I can't play them every single week, but. Uh, <laughs> So, Stacy, this is for you once again. This is a band out of Yakima called On Edge, and the track is called Breaking. This is The Butcher from Sacrament of Impurity at Metal Mondays at the 2-Bit and Ballard. Be sure to listen to Northwest Metal Zone on nwczradio.com. Break! Break! Breaking away! All the pain, all the reason 
Okay, we wrapped up that last set there with a band out of Montesano, Washington. Uh, they are called Weird Beast, and their track is called Beastery. Uh, in the middle... <laughs> All right, who's laughing in the background? In the middle of the set there, we had Miko Denoche out of Seattle with a track called Misanthrope. And out of Yakima leading off the set there was On Edge and Breaking. So we are... Uh, we're coming to the end of the the show here and i just wanted to ask a couple of quick questions here to ray so you mentioned uh the need for bands to kind of draw attention or attract attention to themselves Mm -hmm. so i wanted to just take a couple minutes and just ask you what are some of the most unique things that you have seen in your personal experience unique ways that bands have kind of drawn attention to themselves um well boy i can't remember the name of the band i didn't see it but daryl Big D was telling me about a band that was at, at the Stonegate recently that would, would they're up on stage and shooting silly putty out of the audience. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't remember the name. Oh, what was it? Um, Trees Without Leaves? Okay. Is that the name of the band? Wonderful? Yeah, there is a band called Trees Without Leaves. Yeah, I think that was it. He said yeah, they, were, they were like shooting silly putty on the audience. Now, I haven't personally seen that, <laughs> but they, he, I think he also said they had a meg, megaphone as well. And by the way, guys, if you're out there listening, I want to come see you because I've heard nothing but great things about you. But, um, you know, a megaphone and um, and uh, silly putty, those are pretty creative things. It, you know, it you know I've seen uh, beach balls at shows. Um, I mean, there's I think that anything a band does that sets himself aside from other bands um, is, is is huge. I mean, and um, personally, some of the things I've seen that maybe some people would look at as oh that's pretty standard is is bands. Um, collaborating with one another mm-hmm. like let's say you have a show a typical show would be like like okay recently there was a show at, at jazz bones a big jack daniels thing it was um river band from everett aces up or a sweet kiss mom and aces up um and all three bands brought it um the great bands um and i'm not 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 anything about the show but would have been really cool at a show like that for example is it say um well actually they did it i take that wrong that's why i'm thinking about this um aces up got up on stage with Sweet Kiss Mama. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, that, I think that is very innovative because it's, it, you're, you're, you're crossing the bands. Instead of just going and seeing three bands together, you're getting these previews of the other bands in other bands. And I think that that's a pretty creative um, deal is to have uh, uh, you know, other bands working with each other and on stage and doing that. Um, I think another thing too is, is when you put a show together, um, you know, not only thinking about the uh, what's going on at that show, but what's going on after the show, like where the next shows are, whatever. Like Voxy Vallejo, for example, um, Automatic Theory, Dave Hannon's, you know, the new name of their mm-hmm. band. Um, they have some very, very unique flyers that they print out. Now, I know everything's internet-based and and um, people can get on access that way, but it's almost it's old school. People can actually walk away with something that shows a cool color picture of the band, where they're playing next, whatever. I know people do postcards, but that's... Yeah. Well, and it's almost, I think to me, it's almost gotten to the point that uh, the old school is the new thing again. You know, I've noticed a lot of metal bands are releasing demos on cassette again. Oh, really? (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Well, see, that's out of the box. Yeah. I mean, it's bringing people back, you know, it's like retro. Yeah. you know, I, I, I'd like, you know, the question is pretty simple, laid out pretty simple. Hey, what is some of the most innovative things you've seen? And what's realistically, they're just starting to happen again. 
you know, because mostly what it is is bands are putting shows together with bands I play with they think will fit really well and they do, yeah. and that's great. But, you know, hey, if I were to make suggestions, is is like some of the bands, like I said, Voxy, Automatic Theory, where they're doing things to get people at the shows, but also, um, you know, making the show a little bit more personal for the audience. Um, something that we try to do at Moist Fish Records all the time is is get as many different entities in the artist community involved as possible. Uh, for example, we just got, um, we just were having a show this Friday um, at Jazz Bones, and um, Rafael Twinkleino had a double book date, so the date opened up, we talked to Reed, we're putting a show together, um, we're bringing the Fat Tones over from Spokane, we're gonna have Blues Redemption here locally to kind of mix those two audiences, mm -hmm. but the thing is, that we're not just gonna, we're not just gonna say, okay, Jazz Bones, these two blues bands, CD release party, that's great, I mean, CD release party takes it up in a, a little bit of a notch, but we're also gonna have NWCZ Radio there, um, doing a remote kind of a situation. Oh, nice. um, we're also um, in the we're also going to have um, LA Talk Radio is going to do an interview with them on Wednesday, um, uh, maybe ninety six point nine later the, the, in the same week. But it's those things bands do not just don't just have a show, put it on Facebook or Reverb Nation, or whatever, and say you have a show. G you know, pole vault over the line jump way over that thing. <laughs> right. You know, call the Tacoma Weekly, call the Volcano, tell them we got this great show, this great lineup. Get, try to get someone there for a radio remote. If not, you know, get get some, you know, um, some beautiful women or some beautiful men, for that matter. Whatever you want to do, handing out, you know, um, street teaming along the thing. Yep, you know, yep. back to what we said earlier, work. You know, or or shoot silly buddy at people, <laughs> or have a contest that you know, like we were talking about. You know, because you know, Double D. Do you know he's never drank a beer? Yeah, I do know that. Well, Daryl and I, Big D and I, were having a discussion. We said we should have a contest. Remember, that's Wonder Boy's dad you're talking about. So, yeah, you know, no, it's okay. a good thing. You know, okay. we're not going to talk bad stuff. We say, hey, <laughs> we were going to have a contest and say, you know, like put a show on, and the show was going to be all, you know, have some bands and and have the show based on getting getting donations for some you know worthy cause, and if it got up to certain a certain amount of dollars, Double D would drink a beer at that show. Wow. So it sounds kind of corny, but it's one of those, you know, anything you can do to set your show aside, because there's so much music going on in the Pacific Northwest right now. I mean, what, what, what have you seen some metal bands do? Um, you know, just, inter like I said, you know, demos on cassette tape. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting way, you know, that's a very interesting thing to be. <laughs> it made me figure out, I mean, I've actually bought a few, and it's like I had to figure out, where's my cassette player? How do I, how do I listen? But it was just so cool that, you know, you could get it on a cassette. That that's was, pole vaulting over the line right yeah. there, man. Um, and just, you know, innovative merch, not just, you know, having like t-shirts and, you know, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of bands, you talk about collaborating a lot of th in, in metal, it's very common that they'll do a split, you know, two bands that work together and maybe they've only got each two or three songs recorded. So they'll, um, they'll release them together on the same CD. So you get two or three songs from this band, two or three songs from that. Wow. Band. So, and that's very, very common in metal. So, you know, that's another, that's another very, I think, I've always thought it was very innovative and it's, it seems to just be kind of taken for granted in the metal community because it happens so often, but you know, just seeing that, you know, and I've, I've got some CDs even from some local bands that have done that, that, you know, they've gotten, in fact, there's an, there's a very cool one coming out uh, another week or so. Four bands have gotten together and they've each contributed three or four tracks to the CD. So it's going to be a four way split. So. Wow. Well, that's a great idea. Yeah. Holy cow. I've never heard, I mean, that, that's something I, I think I might take in and try myself. I mean, you see that, there you go. That's creative marketing. I mean, you, you know, you get two or three bands playing the same night. You don't need, it's, it's not even work. With technology, I mean, with CD burners and all that stuff, you each band sends a couple in, you sell for six bucks, each band gets two. I mean, yeah, yeah. great. That's, that's innovation. Yeah. So we are definitely 
getting close to wrapping up the show here. Um, so, Ray, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having uh, me. Man. This hour, two hours, hour we've had to chat has gone by way too fast. Yeah. And, uh, we may have to pick this up again. Uh, how how can people get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of Maurice the Fish if they're interested in more information or if they want to send you some, you know, if a metal band's out there thinking, you know, I really like what this guy's saying. Is, um, it, a, is it a shot in the dark? Is a metal band something you're interested in? Oh, man. Um, you know what? Um, all, all seriousness, um, I, I, I love every kind of music. Huge Metal Church fan. Huge. I know Avenged Sevenfold isn't a, isn't a metal band, but I mean, I, I, I'm a keyboard player. I write you know, stuff that's Chicago, Pink Floydish, but I love rock. I love, you know, love metal. Big Mike is probably the biggest metal fan besides you that I know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, how people can get a hold of us is uh, MauriceTheFishRecords.net. Okay. Um, and um, that's our website and it's being revamped. It'll be updated as of this coming Friday. Should be. Um, if people want to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me at MauriceTheFish at AOL.com. Yep. I'm one of those guys who still has an AOL account, but that's it's M A U R I C E the fish at AOL.com. And um, we're, I'm not going to say that Morris fish records is, is actively seeking new artists. Um, Cause that's not the label we are. We're right. a family, but we will always accept submissions. And if we, so if metal bands out there who like what I'm saying, like where I'm coming from, like what they see on our, on our website, feel free to send, um, Anything to uh, uh, me at P.O. Box 45181, Tacoma, Washington, 98448. Once again, that's P.O. Box 45181, Tacoma, Washington, 98448. And we'll definitely um, give it a listen and, and uh, sincerely. So, And thanks for having me on the show, man. Appreciate it. It's been Absolutely. fun. We're going to have you on the aquarium. Nice. Well, yeah, and that was one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, not only do I know Ray, but he is the, the, the aquarium with Kingfish and Big Mike is actually the show right before the metal zone on Tuesday night. So if you ever tune in, you know, a few minutes early while you're waiting for the metal zone and you wonder what, what that the show hell's is going on. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually Ray's show. And, uh, and I would encourage you to listen to it. It's a good show. They've got a lot of uh, production values and a lot of extra things going on besides just talking or playing music, which is what this show is all about. So you know, Which we should be more. About. We're we're low budget production <laughs> here. So. Well, just so you know, I got I got to give you some props, man. I mean, we have actually learned a lot from your show, and some of the other shows on on this program is we've you'll notice we're starting to dial back some of the like for example, you probably haven't heard the Spinal Tap segment in a while. No, I yeah. haven't. Well, because people people like us get it and laugh. Most people are like, what the hell? What's Spinal Tap? What the hell are they talking to me? So. Yeah, well, and, and honestly, if you don't, especially you metalheads out there listening, to this, if you've never watched Spinal Tap, oh, you're missing so much. Don't I mean, tell anybody, for God's sake. Don't tell anybody you haven't seen it. Just go see it. Right, just go go buy the DVD today and go watch it. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, so we know how to get a hold of Maurice the Fish. Uh, as always, you can contact me on Facebook the Facebook page is NW Metal Zone, or if you are really one of those technical nerdy guys and you got to type the whole URL in, it's uh, www.facebook.com backslash NW Metal Zone. Uh, and you can also email me at nwmetalzone at gmail.com. All comments, suggestions, requests, whatever you have, good or bad, I'll listen to all of it. I do read all of my email, I do read all the things that get posted on Facebook. Um, and, uh, 
we're happy to have you joining in. We have more and more, uh, more and more fans every week. So we appreciate that. We appreciate all the support from the bands out there and sending in their music and making themselves available for interviews and everything. So, uh, having said that, we're going to jump into our last set of music. We've got a couple more songs for you here and I just dropped my bottle, not of booze. <laughs> you didn't pay me anything I, there's booze in there it's a bottle of tea looks like jack daniels to me but well it does kind of look like jack daniels <laughs> it's about the same color yeah. but it's not jack daniels so we have a couple of tracks for you uh this is first band a band out of edmonton so we're stretch edmonton alberta canada to be specific so stretching the boundaries of the northwest a little bit but i like this band uh, they're called All Else Fails, and the track is called When White Met Trash. And then we're going to wrap up the last track. Uh, this is also a request from someone who is a very frequent poster on the Northwest Metal Zone page. Uh, so this is for Elizabeth Eternal Wataniac. This is for you, Elizabeth. Uh, this is Watane, and with a track called Malfator. <laughs>
Okay, as we said, we wrapped up that last set with Watain, and they are out of, uh, I'm not even going to make a mistake, they're out of Europe somewhere, but they're an awesome band. This is one of those bands that, I mean, uh, when Ray talks about passion and being totally into it, these guys are definitely, they're a black metal band. They come out, they've got the candelabras with candles uh, burning. They have uh, animal skulls that they bring out on stage. They have actual animal parts that are, I mean, you can smell them throughout the club. Uh, it's, uh, they, these guys do not mess around. They are, <laughs> they are black metal all the way. But that track was called Malfator. And then uh, leading off that set, we had All Else Fails with When White Met Trash. So, Ray, once again, thanks for coming in. Uh, we you, appreciate man. all of your input. Hopefully the bands out there have, uh, have uh, you know, gained some new knowledge and some insight into things. And, uh, you know, if, you, if and bands or even just fans who are just fans of music, uh, if you enjoyed this, you know, let me know. Uh, I know that Ray is is uh, open to the idea of coming back again, and obviously we we covered some things, but this is a huge topic, and there's a lot of other things that we can cover. Uh, and again, you have Ray's contact information, so you can get a hold of him, uh, and you know how to get a hold of us. So uh, at this point, I think it's time to call it a night, and uh, we will see you next week on the Northwest Metal Zone. Thanks again, Chancey. Can I get some of that, JD? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our time is at an end, my friends, but join us again next week for another journey through the Northwest Metal Zone.